This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, you guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. Another episode of Timberland Hoop is going down. We are in the middle of the playoffs. Bubble playoffs are popping. Numbers are going through the roof. Uh, tonight's guest, we got a re-rock. The man helped me relaunch my podcast, Clem Parks. The Lakers, uh, Lakers, most hated. Lakers fans most hated. What's going on with you, baby? Yeah, not much, bro. Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, no, man, I just appreciate you. It's all I love having a, another basketball mind just to kind of break down what's going on, just from a, from an eye test standpoint. It's good to good to talk basketball. With somebody else who's who's in it for real. So, um, jumping right into it, bubbles in full full you no know, full mode. Playoff games going. Uh, but last week, they're in there. I think about fifty fifty one days now, almost two months. You got a. Um, there's a mental health issue that came up. We saw guys like, you know, Paul George uh, talking about he was in a dark place. Danny Green talking about social media is just extra, extra rough when you're in isolation. It's real tough. Just uh, what are your responses to, to those guys dealing with that and just, you know, how do you interpret that? First off, never dismiss mental health. You know, that's a big thing, especially for, you know, black men like ourselves, like just coming out and speaking out. Like, that's like, like, you know, like a no-no almost, like, oh, no, you can't you can't say something's wrong with you or any of, anything of that nature, you know. But for me, like, just losing perspective, I think, like, a lot of these dudes, like, that's that's overseas dudes 10 months out of the year. You might have seen, like, the tweet that 2 Holloway put out, like, like, this is what we go through. Like, a lot of these dudes, you're in the middle of China, you're in, you're in Russia, you're in, um, you're in Serbia. You're in Turkey, you know, you just on and on, like just guys trying to, young guys coming out of college, you know, in Finland, smaller countries, trying to make it, trying to, um, trying to build their, you know, you coach, you know what I'm saying? Just trying to, trying to keep chasing that dream, trying to hopefully build their way up to the highest level. Maybe one day have a chance to get back. And so this is what they go through. This is, this is, it's a 10 month grind. These guys have been away from their families, you know, um, 60 days, so it's like, yeah, you're you're in the NBA, so you're used to having everything your way, private jets, um, <laughs> right. five star hotels, everything, whatever you want. Like they already got, they already got everything catered to you in the bubble. Hey, your families aren't there, so I get it. It's hard, but at the same time, it's almost insensitive to dudes who aren't in the NBA because they're everybody's not in the league. Yeah, okay, so like you, we're all human beings. Like, yeah, so basically you're saying, oh, well, I'm in the league, so I'm used to having things my way, so I'm not, I don't even care what y'all going through. Right, right, you know, right. so a lot of dudes who aren't in the league, they're not really trying to hear that. They just aren't. You know, and for the whole social media aspect, get off social media. 
That's that's a bias. Of words. I was like, yeah, it's that dark for you? Just just turn it off. Yeah, get on social media. Or tweet from a burner, like a lot of these cats do. Get on your burner. Get on your burner. Yeah, that's week two to me. Like that's week two, but I never have a burner. Like that's week. But like I tell people all the time, like like people forget. Like these dudes be like, I don't read the newspaper. I don't watch TV. I don't do this. And these dudes be on social media just as much or more than us. <laughs> Typing their name in the search bar every five minutes, yeah, was, and then what's yeah. with me is you you could you could talk positive and be like you could show dudes love and be like great game great game keep hooping I see you I'm a big fan of yours they'll never tweet you back be like man you can't make no shots oh you man you a sucker you you where'd you play at blah 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 and it's like bro like you you dudes don't even like you, you guys just be making up adversity bro. Make shots. I, I think I think Danny Green went a little he bit. Twenty million year to make shots. Yeah, he, like, I don't want to hear that. I think he went a little too far with the if you criticize, you're not a real fan. Like I think I think he was just that that was a little bit too far. You just it's came too, to the late show, bro. Yeah. You're not a real. How about that? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, well, you this fans that been here. Um, yeah. Not, he wasn't making any shots. I mean, he shot a little better tonight, but he just wasn't making any shots. I mean, <laughs> like R.I.P. Bean. Like Bean said, being a Laker ain't for everybody. Yeah, he did. He did say that, Kobe. <laughs> he did say that. Dude, you remember when Kobe? You 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 remember how Kobe? You remember how Laker fans was getting at Kobe his rookie year when he did that in Utah? Yeah, the four air balls. Yeah, the four air balls. Yeah. Bro, Laker Nation was ready to trade him. They're ready to get rid of him, bro. Yeah, and just Kobe had never came to the media like, man, what Kobe do? Get back in the gym and get it right. Yeah, These dudes be crying like dogs. Like, get in the gym, bro. Like in the middle of a pandemic, you getting to play basketball. People out here getting evicted from their homes and some more no jobs. You know, losing, getting laid off, and some more. You crying about somebody critiquing you because you can't make a jump, a, a open jumper. Yeah. Man, bro, this is basketball. Nobody trying to hear that. Yeah, so I'm 100 percent with you on that. I think, like I said, I've, I've tweeted this. I've seen you tweet the same thing to the same effect. A lot of these guys just lose perspective, man, about what, where, how good they truly have it sometimes. And to be to their credit. They did work to get there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny that. They they put themselves in position, but you know, take a step back. You're in the safest place in America, damn near. You get millions of dollars to 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 entertain, play basketball. You're not worried about where your next meal or next paycheck is coming from. They just let your families in the bubble finally. So just take a step back and kind of enjoy it, man. Just you know, laugh at it and go along, go along for the ride, play basketball, like you said. But yo, your favorite, your favorite two words, man. Just hoop. Just hoop, man. Just hoop. Just hoop. I'm gonna let these jokes fly regardless. <laughs> yeah. So just uh, moving on to 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 actually what's happening on the court. I just wanted to cover that. You know, the mental health aspect, especially for for black people, it's a little taboo. But I just wanted to cover that. But moving on to the uh, to the actual play, um, what we've seen in the playoffs thus far, you got a lot of a lot of star players kind of struggling to uh, you know maintain their normal production from the regular season. Um, just going down the list. Uh, Paul George with the Clippers, you know, kind of struggling. You got Siakam, you know, they tied it up. And the team is so deep. He's struggling to find his game a little bit. Uh, Giannis, you know, prayers be to him. Looks like he had a rough ankle sprain. He might be done for the series. Uh, they were able to do it, get it done without him in the second half. He was struggling a little bit with this series. And just um, a guy who trained, and I've seen you harp on guys being, being having more skill and footwork. What do you think that certain guys are missing that has him struggling in the regular season? Or have, has them, you know, great in the regular season, but in the playoffs when the defenses get tighter and more talented, it's tough for them to produce at the same level. Because guys are playing too far from the basket. Mm. It's really 
simple. Go back and watch MJ and Bean. Where they used to, where, where, where was their murder at? 17, 18 feet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you send the, you send the double, you send the double at me from there, then boom, I'm going to pick you apart. You're going to spin out, I'm gonna split. Pick you, apart. you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get it to Steve Kerr. I'm going to get it to Derek Fisher. I'm going to get it to Robert Ory. I'm going to get it to John Paxson. You know what I'm saying? Like, these dudes, you got to watch more film of what made the greats great. You know? The whole trying to – like, how often do you see Phil really letting Kobe just bring the ball up? Go Like, he wasn't letting Kobe do all that. Like, get in the triangle. Get to your spot. I'm going to put you in position to be successful. You don't have to show everybody your whole package, every possession. And if you watch – and if you watch PG – if you watch Pascal, they're, they're, they want to bring the ball up, you know, and I get that. You're skilled. You're so talented. I get that. You want to show everything. You want to show the world your whole skill set. But the defense is just loading up on you. Then you're spending so much energy. Yep, that every possession you're trying to do that, you're trying to go one-on-one ISO, all those moves, every possession. Come on, bro. You're not getting 30 like that. Yeah. You're just not. Yeah, I thought I, I especially saw it with Paul George. It's like you know, he's obviously being able to handle the ball like that at six nine. He's so talented, but he makes himself he makes the game so much harder for himself. It's just like so many extra three, four, five dribble move combos in the, in the half court set. And by then, he just he's off balance, taking a lot of off balance shots, con- trying to contort his body, trying to finish through two and three arms, flailing around. It's real tough. Like he's putting up a whole bunch. He's got like three or four games in the playoffs where he's shooting like six for twenty. And that's not gonna cut it in the next round when you're going against you know the, the Lakers. You know, you know, you gonna need him at his optimal optimal production. Get to the uh, elbow, get to the pinch post, yeah, turn it, right. jab shot, jab pump fake go. You know what I mean? Run the lane in transition, get some easy ones. What happened to you know what happened to getting the easy one first? Getting to the line first, getting the layup, seeing one go in. Why are we trying to go ISO? I'm seeing I'm seeing these great players, they're trying to get their game off. By going ISO, going to the – they're calling 911 first possession in the game. <laughs> right. Yeah, just I think I think more – I think and that's why a lot of a lot of guys who's, who train and, and are in the skill, they really like Kawhi a lot because he gets his out of, the, out of the offense a lot. He's like – he doesn't – look like he's expending too much energy, never gets sped up. I'm going to get to my spot and I'm going to elevate. You know, to be great, he struggled. Like, just, he had his like, worst game in a long yeah. time. But I went back and watched all the FGAs. If he gets those same looks tomorrow – He'll have 35 points. Like, I watched all the FGAs on, on NBA.com. He started in the game. He was like, he missed, he was missing shots that he normally makes. Right, right. You know, he continued in and out, in and out, and it happens. You know, it's like, I tell people, yeah, I was, as, as him being my GOAT, you know, I was like, man, my boy's struggling tonight. <laughs> I'm going through and watching. But you know what? It happens, bro. It happens. And, and as we and you always talk about this, like, bro, the, the slander comes with the territory. Right, right. You play bad. You don't. You don't deliver. Hey, it's free game. You ain't. But you're never gonna see him on come to the media like, oh, people are talking about me this and that. Like, bro, like it's part of the game. Right. People like if you don't perform, you you gotta face the music. Tonight, LeBron and AD performed. It's that simple. They showed up in game two and they did what they had to do to get the to get the W. Yeah, speaking again, good segue because going right into that game. They were special. They combined for over probably 68 points, like almost 60% of the Lakers scoring. It was crazy. They just were the a tag team duo. Uh, AD set it up. LeBron closed it. Just a, a nice performance. But um, 
I want to talk about just uh, the Rockets. Like, how serious do you take them with that style of play? I've seen you talk about the the, the leaning on three pointers a lot. Uh, I'm like, I get the math part of it. I'm not huge on that part of the, how people analyze basketball as a math problem. I just think you take that many threes, you, the legs go, man. You see in the fourth quarter, they didn't make couldn't make a three. The legs are gone. You you jack that many threes up, especially Harden. Harden was gassed in the fourth quarter. All the all they showed him on ESPN, like when he was walking to the locker room after the game, my dude looked like he needed the Paul Pierce treatment. Like he needed the wheelchair. Like, dude is just done. Like, it's hard to do that, especially you're looking at a six, seven game series. Like, it's hard to play like that all game and you're just passing up. Like, they're they're dangerous. They got back in the game tonight. They will scare you. They got the lead because they start hitting. But it's like you're continuously – they don't get enough easy ones. Right. I would just say, like – I would just love to see James just take some of those. Yeah, he did. he passes up a lot. You're such a good shooter, like like that's an automatic. That's 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 two points every time for you. Yeah, it was tough because in OKC he took that shot, and when he first got to Houston, he would take that shot. And it's, it's weird. Ever since D'Antoni's come along, he's been convinced that you know it's got to be all threes and layups, and he has really no variance to his. Like he can obviously super skilled, but as far as his shot profile, there's just no variance. It's layups, threes, or I'm going to get a foul. And it's tough to, you know, navigate that in the playoffs when defense is not us what you're going to do. Like, he's not going to take this mid-range. I can back up off him here or I can press up on him here because he's not going to shoot this. So Exactly. It's tough. You know, the screw is tightening in the postseason. Rotations are sharper. Teams aren't giving up as many easy buckets. You're not giving – like, you can tell Houston started getting um, – the Lakers were pushing the pace. They were getting runouts, you know, with a lot of buckets that you see – Sometimes teams don't give up in the playoffs. Tonight they were tired. Then the Lakers did a good job. You know, I know a lot of y'all be on Rondo, but tonight Rondo was good for y'all. Yeah, I'm, I've been on Rondo head all season. This is the best game he played all year. I ain't no friend. I got nothing to say. I've been anti Rondo all year, but he did it tonight. I got nothing. I got nothing. He played. No, he did. He did. He did. Um, he did. And, and Marquise Morris was he was big time too. You know, those threes in the first half. Those. I mean, the way the Lakers came out and shot the ball tonight reminded me of what Denver was last night. Team game two, knowing you can't go down 2-0, they can't, their guys come out making shots. Right, right. You know, that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see. You, you, like, like Shaq always talks about, the others. The others, like you win the game. You don't win, the, you don't win tonight's game without Marquise Morris' performance. You just don't. Exactly. And just like move, and just before we move on, just like real quick, I know you're watching. Um, I thought earlier in the season uh, Westbrook was bringing a different dynamic to the Rockets because he would he brings some variance. Like he can get to the cup. He gives him a transition aspect. It's been really tough for him in the in a lot of these games in the playoffs. A few games in OKC, he really struggled. He struggled. You know, uh, he played okay the first game. He had spots the first game. He made some big plays in the first game. Really struggled tonight. The Lakers made an adjustment. They put um, they put LeBron and AD on him and just kind of let them play him one-on-one. He really struggled with a lot of turnovers, couldn't make a shot. What do you see from him? What, is he, what do you think he needs to do to just be more positive in the series for the Rockets? I think he just has to slow down. Like, his his speed is his, obviously his best is, is, is his strength, but he just has to slow down a little bit. I just feel like he's just going too fast. You <laughs> right. know? And then off that double team, Mark Jackson then talked about tonight, I think instead of trying to prove that he can make that open shot, you know, the the three-pointer, I think he has to catch that thing on the go and just get downhill and go go 
go dunk something at the rim. That's how you know, that's how they beat the Lakers. That that matchup at Staples when he had forty. That's exactly what they did. They would trap Harden and they would get refs on the run downhill to the basket, and the, he could, the Lakers had nothing for him. So I was like, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised because I'm a Laker fan, but I'm surprised the Rockets haven't, you know, emphasized that more because when he gets downhill, he's tough to stop. And then when you collapse on him, he's smart enough to make the pass to the shooter on the weak side or, or wherever the open guy is. So I mean, whenever they whenever they don't move the ball, they're not very good. Right, that fourth quarter it was so stagnant. The fourth quarter was so yeah. Stagnant. Whenever they don't move the ball, it's the same thing we saw with the Clippers last night. You got to move the ball. You have to move the ball like the Lakers move the ball, hot potato, get it moving. You know the ball, the ball has energy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Guys get to holding it, holding it, holding it. And it's like, oh, it's my turn. Whenever you start playing, my turn basketball never works. We know that. Right. We know that Maple. Yeah. Right. So moving on to that that Clippers Nuggets for sure. Um, Clippers came out like gangbusters. Game one, Kawhi was special. He had been on a tear all playoffs pretty much, playing at a historical level, pretty much unsustainable. If he, if he kept it up, it was going to be an all-time playoff run. Um, they ran him out the gym the first game. Second game, Jokic, Jokic played big after being outplayed by Zubak game one. Jokic pretty much dominated the center matchup. Murray was special, making big shots, making huge plays all game. Uh, Grant made some shots. Um I know I, I picked the Clippers in five, but I thought they would have been the first two. Um, what are you seeing in that series, and what do you think? Energy and focus concerns me. That's what I'm saying. That's what I said. The Clippers, that's that first. They, that, like, like, they come out like 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 they got 15 championships between them. Right. Like, you got to come out focus, like, rotations, you know, guys knowing where they're at. You know, Pat Pat's energy is important, but Pat got to be a little smarter. Right. He got to be a little smarter. Like you're not an underdog no more. <laughs> the Clippers got to understand you guys aren't underdogs no more. You can't be out here making up adversity and like you got you you got to come in locked in. You're not hunting nobody. You know what I'm saying? You have, in my opinion, obviously the best player in the world on your team. You are not the underdog. Yeah, hey, I mean I'm with that. I I, I agree. I just I, I tweeted you know, him out like gotta move the ball too. They got to move the ball. If they're gonna come out here and play ISO ball and try to get my game off, like I, I need to, I need to, t- I need, I need to go for twenty twenty five tonight. Like I gotta have a good game. Like just get take good shots. At this stage of all these dudes' careers, like Landry Landry Sham is the youngest dude on the team that's playing, getting minutes. Like the rest of you dudes, Zubox kind of young too. But it's like, man, the most important thing is winning. I agree. Is winning. That's why I said my, my man adjustment. My, my man adjust, My man adjustment for the Clippers was to just come out ready to play <laughs> the next game. That was my that's man adjustment. It. That's it. Play to win. Yeah. Help the helper. Do the little things. Yeah, you know what I mean? Spread out the shooters like like this. They came out with cool jackets on. Yeah. I think like if, they defend, if they defended like they did the third quarter, they win the game by twenty. Like when they scrapped this. Scrap like how to get back in the game. I was like, y'all play defend like this from the tip. You win it by twenty. I don't like. I see like Ma- Murray's got some chops. Jokic is Jokic is special. But if the Clippers play to their level of basketball, that's not more than a five game series in my opinion. If they play to their standard, like, that's not more it's than a five game series. It's not, but they got to play though. Exactly. That's it's, it's playoffs. You got to play. They got to play. You got to you got to come out and play. You got to compete for forty minutes. Teams ain't laying down just giving you dubs. Not right now. His big bonuses on the line. Right, right. So moving on to the East real quick. Um, so last, let's talk about where your boy was last year. Hey, moving on to the JV, huh? Hey, moving on to the JV. 
I don't know, man. It's, 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 I don't know. Moving on to the East. So you, the team your boy was with last year, the Raptors, uh, they clawed back after being down 2-0. It was crazy. You got one Jalen Brown mistake from being down 3-0. He leaves oh, you got there. one Brad. You got one Brad Stevens getting two. Okay, well, that too. So they're, they they like one shot from down three zero. They're down. They're just tied up two two. What do you see? What's going on in that? I think the Raptors just that that championship experience started to show itself. It is. This it is. They got those championship chops. I just love Fred Fred VanVleet. Love it. He about to get paid. He's about to get paid. He's about to get paid. He's about to get paid. He deserves it. Yeah. You know, like and Kyle's Kyle is tough, and I mean, if they can get Pascal to just be consistent and play closer to the bucket, in my opinion, they're gonna win this series. Yeah, my thing with pa- Pascal, I watch him. I've been watching this series. Like, uh, he's so strong, he can finish through contact, but he just doesn't have a left hand. Like, I watch him. He go hits a, gets a guy on his right shoulder going to the bucket, and he can just really go up with a left hand finish, and he'll do that little stop and reverse pivot and take a tougher look than he has to. So I think just and, and stop loving the three ball so much, Spicy P. He jacking, he jacking like, him up. He's he loving the three ball like he Kyle Corver or something. <laughs> like yeah. Spicy, get to the mid range, shoot the floater. Yeah, that's tough. So, what do you think? The what do you, where do you see that series going though? What's your prediction? The next three games? Bro, I could see, bro. I could see. I could see Toronto winning the next two, doing them like they did Milwaukee last year. Hmm. That's tough. That that would be a, that would be crushing for Boston going up two zero on a neutral floor and then gagging four in a row after losing a going up three zero on on a bad defensive rotation for three. I ask the question like at what point is everyone going is is like is Brad Stevens going to be held accountable? Like we act like he, we act like like what has he done? Like what has he done? <laughs> I think Brad's a very good coach. I, I'll say that. I think I do too, but what has he done though? What what has he done though? I think it was tough to gauge because he had the. I'll tell you what, he went against LeBron with a bunch of rookies and took him to seven, so he got love for that, right? And then the next year, everybody blamed what went wrong on Kyrie because of what he brought to the locker room. Allegedly, there's nothing nothing substantiated. I'll say that I'm not going to put no rumors out there, but the rumors are what, what Kyrie brought to the locker room was bad, so he got a pass for that. And then this year, they bring Kim in. They go blow through the first round in Philly, and then so you know he's got he's he's got some some he's got some coaching chops. He's one of my he's the top five coach to me. But I, I get what you're saying about the conference. The conference is not being there. Okay. So okay. what do you see? So you got you got Raptors winning that in six. I do. That's tough. I do. All right, last this is you know just obviously a, a real bad turn of events. Um, Giannis, he tried to gut it out on a sprained ankle. He re-sprained a sprained ankle pretty bad. I, I, it, that was tough for me to watch. I I hadn't heard an athlete scream like that in a minute. And Giannis is a tough dude. He's a tough, rough-and-tumble player. When you hear a guy scream like that, and probably because it was a quiet gym, so it's starting to work because nobody in the gym. But uh, that, that looked ugly. They said he tried to play, but Middleton found yeah, a way to get hot. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate, but them boys is done. You think so? Middleton find a way to get hot. Drop that 36. They're not winning three more. They're not winning three more. The boys is done. The boys is done next game. Jimmy going to have his team's attention. They're going to get these boys about the bubble next game. All right. And he play really good basketball, man. Yeah, so I know, you're, I know, I, yeah, I know you're, a clip, you're a Clipper guy with Kawhi. My question is, out of all these Eastern Conference teams, 
who do you think has a legitimate best shot at knocking off the Lakers or Clippers in the championship? Who do you think can go in there and beat the Lakers and Clippers four out of seven times and take home the ring out of all these these four? I don't think none of them dudes can. I think the Lakers, I think the Lakers and Clippers, whoever wins that, is winning the championship. Mm. Okay, you got it. You got it. It's, it's on wax. So I gotta just—they're just at a different level. When you watch the Lakers turn it on tonight, they're special. That's right. When you watch the Clippers, the only two teams that can match them is the Lakers and Clippers. When you watch the Clippers turn it on, like you did like game one, you're like, ooh, we, them boys are special. And then you watch Clippers last night, you're like, oh, well, this boy's got holes. Then you watch the Lakers in game one, and you watch the Lakers in the third quarter tonight, you're like, ooh, what team is this? Then you watch them in the fourth quarter, and you're like, okay, this is a championship team. They got the best players, bro. They got the best players. Yes, that's obviously what it comes down to. They got the best players. At the end of the day, they got the best players. As long as the coaches don't do nothing funny. (laughs) Speaking of coaches, that's a great, great segue. So – there's a, a coach is getting a lot of heat uh, throughout this. I'm beefing with it. So just going, I, I'll start from the beginning. So, you know, everybody was big on the Pelicans coming into the bubble. They completely bottomed out. You know, Alvin Gentry gets fired. Uh, Nate McMillan, actually, the Pacers actually didn't do bad in the bubble. They fought T.J. Warren, played the best basketball of his life. The Pacers lose in four to, a, to I think, a, a superior team. Nate McMillan gets fired. Um Brett Brown, Philly, they get swept. He gets fired. I mean, just I got people talking about Milwaukee's going to fire Bud, Coach Bud, if they get if they end up losing this series because of the way he employs Giannis. He should. He should get fired. Yeah, so. Team not prepared to play. Look like they're look team poorly coached. Like you should get fired. What you mean? <laughs> yeah, I heard you. Like, you know, like why? Why? Why does he get a pass? That's 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 true. That's true. So but, four games in a row last year went up two two o. Nick Nurse outcoached him four games in a row. Yeah, like, my, yeah, I remember that game three. They had him on the ropes. He sat Giannis way too long. I remember he sat Giannis way too long that game three last year. That was crazy. While the Raptors came back, I remember that game. They were going to go up three o. He just sat Giannis way too long. I remember that. He always sitting somebody too long. Like, bro, you better you better go to your Tom Thibodeau playbook and play them boys. Yeah, how do you feel about Giannis only playing, even when he was healthy, only playing 30 minutes a game in the playoffs, 32 minutes a game in the playoffs? But most superstars are getting 38-40. He, he, nothing, just another dude coached under Coach Pop. So he think he Greg Popovich. <laughs> That's some Pop stuff. You know, I'm going to stick to my rotations. Like, dude, your, your bench players aren't good enough for that. Right. That's what that, that's what people don't understand. You don't have Manu. Rather, no Ginobili. No Ginobili. You don't have Diao. You know what I'm saying? You don't have that type of heat coming off your bench. You don't have Patty Mills in his prime. Like Patty Mills wasn't missing when he was. You know what I'm saying? When they was making those runs, he was coming off the bench. Everything he was shooting was going in. Right. So moving on, to staying on these, staying on the topic of these coaches. So a team outside of bubble, the Brooklyn Nets. Made a controversial hire for their for their uh, first head coaching job, so they they end up hiring Steve Nash on a four year deal. He's never coached, never shown any interest in coaching. All the reports say that KD kind of had to coax him into it. Uh, my issue from the jump was that you know black coaches never get the opportunity to walk into jobs with this much talent available. Last coach, the only coach I remember is Ty Lue. And that's because Brown had to go to bat to get David Platt out of there and said, I want Lou to coach. 
and Brown was basically running the Cavs franchise at that point, so they had to acquiesce. But how do you feel about Steve Nash, who didn't even want to coach? KD kind of had to go to him and say, I want you to coach. How do you feel about him getting that? And then, to me, the insulting part was you keep Jock Vaughn as the highest-paid assistant after the great job he did in the bubble. I was like, okay, how come Steve Nash can't be his assistant when Jock Vaughn has two, two stops of experience and he coached his ass off in the bubble? So how do you feel about that whole – and to be fair, Steve Nash is a great basketball guy. But yeah. the, process, the process bothers me. Steve Nash is obviously to be able to – the part that bothers me is a what Byron Scott said today, kind of like Steve Kerr gets to walk into the championship situation. Steve Nash gets to walk into the – we never get that. We just don't. We don't get that in college. We don't get that we, – we don't get that in the NBA. We never – you know what I'm saying? We, see, we just watched Kenny Payne leave Kentucky and go to the Knicks because he can never get a real power five job in college. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to send they're trying to send Kenny Payne to the middle of nowhere to a, to a bottom feeder. You know what I'm saying? Mid major and like that's that's how it is with the NBA coaches. You know the brothers we don't get to we don't get to walk into the top flight job. Yeah, my thing you is know? they, they got to take whatever job is available and it's a bad job. You got no talent or a bad cap situation. You losing 50 games a year and then they get fired and labeled as well he can't coach. And that's to he me that's, that's 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 the tough part for he me. He Nash either gonna win championships with Brooklyn. Or he gonna, or he gonna, or he not gonna get it done. He never gonna coach again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, they, and like KD, it's like you know, like obviously he's Steve Nash is a legend. Uh, he's the point guard to me. My one of my favorite point guards, if not my favorite to ever watch play. But it's 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 it's, it's the principles on it. It's just it's you know, it just it just looks it just looks funny. Yeah, you know, going to talk him into coaching. You know, what I'm saying it's just like. The whole thing just looks funny. It just looks funny. Like, we got a lot of brothers out here that are more than capable. They can't get jobs. But we're out here begging this dude to coach. But it's like – but it all makes sense, though. Like, it just it, – I wouldn't put it past most of these dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I say I just – it just is what it is, bro. I, it didn't sit well with me just because the optics of it, you know, and I feel like it's BS. But, you know, it just is what it is. Like – that's, and everyone trying to act like the NBA is so woke on different on on all these different little topics and stuff. And I just had to say this: like, well, when the NBA go talk to about some reparations with Mahmoud Abdul Rauf and Craig Hodges, then they talk to me about being woke. Until then, all this none of this is never going to surprise me. No matter what they put on the back of these jerseys, no matter how much they put Black Lives Matter on the court and all this other stuff, that's all window dressing to me. My issue was, my, my, what really hit me was, man, because was a guy like Jerry Stackhouse, you know, played 18 years, everywhere he goes. They say he's the consummate professional. He did what Nick Durst did, went down to the G League, G League coach of the year, a lot of guys developed, had a hand in developing a lot of NBA talent, specifically Brandon Ingram in North Carolina, you know, made, made him into the, you know, the player. He ended up being a blue-chip recruit. He can't get an NBA job, assists at a couple places, he has to go to Vanderbilt to get a head coaching job. Vanderbilt's not even a basketball school. So now he's not, he's like barely under 500 at Vanderbilt. Got the label as a tag. Well, he can't really get it done, but he's not. Who's going to go to Vanderbilt as real talent in, in, in the NCAA? You know what I'm saying? This is what it is. Yes, it, it, is it is what it is. Like, And people say, like, oh, well, you got to keep working. You got to pay your dues. That's why, I, for me, I just basically am like, you know, it's not about can you do the job. 
I know I can do the job. I know I can. I know I can help NBA guys get better. I know I can help an NBA team. You know what I'm saying? I'm seeing a lot of guys that I've worked with since they were young, like that are that are doing really really well in that league. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's not about can I help players, but it's like there's just so many. There's so much. It's not basketball. It's not about basketball. And so, like, for me personally, when I realized, when I came to a point that realized that wasn't about basketball, I was like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. You're either going to play that game the rest of your life and you're going to be miserable or you're just going to set it for what it is. And right. so now I'm at a point where I'm like, it is what it is. I'm good. I ain't tripping. Right, right. And that's, to be fair, this is not to take a take a shot at KD. It's just like at the NBA, the culture in general around coaching. That's yeah. That was the issue for me. Just the process. Yeah, it is, bro. It's not. It's not like it was a bad hire. It's a great hire. Yeah, but it's, it's, well, everything we're going through right now it just continues to prove our point. What black people are talking about. Yeah, yes, it was just about getting a fair shake yeah. in life, pretty much. Yeah. So that just it is what it is, bro. But um, we'll see what happens. We'll hold. I'm, that's why I tell dudes like Coach Bud. He he need, he got to get the axe. <laughs> you, you, you got ran out two years in a row in the playoffs. Yeah, but the thing is, my thing is, I, I guarantee, I guarantee this, I guarantee this, he'll have a job fifteen minutes, or, or not fifteen minutes after he's he's done with Milwaukee. Somebody will pick him up. Oh, he won sixty games. Not factoring in he played with a had a unicorn on his team, and thinking it's all him. So he'll get a job yeah, fifteen minutes after yeah. he's hired. Whatever these dudes, that's always something. That's why I just give all these dudes lifetime passes. Yeah, and that's what happened. And, then, and to me, I'm a Laker fan. I saw it with Luke Walton when he got left the Lakers and got the Sacramento job in a day. In a day, got the Sacramento Kings job in a day. And with the, after the Lakers debacle, he didn't handle that team very well. The rotations were bad. The offense was just stagnant. And he got that Sacramento job 15 minutes after he left the Lakers. It was crazy. It's crazy. It's cold. It's cold out here. It's a cold, cold world. Yeah, I just want to touch on that. First of all, anybody shout out, shout out, follow Clint Parks on Twitter, Clint Parks 05, right? Yeah, don't follow me if you're in your feelings. Yeah, don't, don't follow Clint if you if you want if you are if you are a loyal to a, a stand of a player, don't follow Clint. Especially, I'm, ba- I'm basketball Twitter. Yeah, you basketball I'm not Twitter. Twitter. Right, it's a difference. It's a difference. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm basketball Twitter to the death of me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Anyway, y'all hit that follow, subscribe button. Uh, thank you for tapping in. Thank you for listening. Um, the views are going up every week. I just want to say I appreciate y'all. I think I'm almost at 3,000 downloads, only six episodes in, man. So I appreciate you guys for tapping in with me every week. I'm definitely definitely going unnoticed. If you give me any feedback on the timeline, I'll definitely, you know, go back and forth with you as long as you keep it respectful. Y'all go too far sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> tap in, follow, subscribe. We are out of here. Appreciate you. Temple of Hoop gone. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.